I have come here to Krakowie, and I'm all out of bubble. Really licked his ass. Are you watching closely? Welcome to Midnight Showing. I'm Nash, that's Luke, and this week the movie we watched at midnight was Matthew Vaughn's The Layer Cake. Was it worth it? That's what we're here to tell you, and don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling. So, Lukey boy, what do we got? Set in London around the time of its release, we follow Daniel Craig, a mid-level cocaine dealer who wants an early retirement from criminal life. Of course, in the criminal world, it's never as easy as just walking away, as Craig soon finds himself <laughs> thrust into a complicated pair of two jobs that will make his exit from the criminal life even harder than he previously expected. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> you got all that from the trailer. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good trailer, just because pretty much gives you like the speech he gives in like the first five minutes, the opening scenes of the movie. Uh, doesn't really spoil anything, and it's it sets the stakes pretty appropriately for what happens in the film. So good trailer, guys. Good trailer. So, uh, but we got a movie this week written as a book. Except Nash, <laughs> what is unique about this film adaptation is that the screenplay was written by the guy who wrote the book, which I feel like should happen way more often. Hashtag yeah. RRR Martin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh there's also a sequel book called viva la madness but as far as i know there is no movie called viva la madness we should do uh we should do some polling on how often we like movies and they're a book adaptation because i bet it's a lot <laughs> yeah no i don't know we should yeah we should we should do some research on that <laughs> but uh moving on to this director he's pretty big matthew vaughn he doesn't have a ton of films, but everybody's going to know these movies. He directed both Kingsman. He directed the first Kick-Ass. He directed X-Men First Class, Stardust. Um, he, But he's mainly a producer, so he's produced a lot more movies than he's directed. But clearly, the movies that he has directed are fairly well known. Pretty well known, dude, and I'd say I, you gotta respect X Men First Class, bro. How 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 do you make a follow up to to the, the, the Last Phoenix? You know, you, you had to restart the whole thing. My man's put a not bald guy into the wheelchair, and we got we got some good stuff. So I, I respect it. But who is starring in the Layer Cake? Well, we got Daniel Craig playing Triple X. Um, not <laughs> not quite triple X. He's he's unnamed. So if you if you watch the movie with subtitles, it'll literally say XXXX said this. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, we got we actually got a lot of people in this movie, dude. We got we got uh, Colm Meany playing Gene. We got George Harris playing Morty. <laughs> Yo, re re rest in peace to anybody named Morty. Um, I have a lot of sympathy for you because my name is Luke. So I feel like you know exactly what massive movie franchise my entire life has revolved around every time i meet a new person um, <laughs> we got kenneth cranham playing jimmy price then we got michael gambon playing eddie temple you probably know him as uh the second dumbledore from like prisoner of azkaban on i think 
Uh, then we yeah, got so. Jamie Foreman playing the Duke, Sienna Miller playing Tammy, and a young Tom Hardy playing the small role of Clarky. Um, I definitely missed a couple people because this movie has a ton of characters, and it's actually something that I think Nash and I are going to get into. But uh, the theme, yeah. my friend, of this British crime thriller, what do you think the theme is? I'm not a criminal. <laughs> I'm yeah, not a criminal. <laughs> um, it really is about that criminal identity. I think that sums it up pretty well that that's a major aspect that constantly is in question so luke thumbs up or down uh thumbs up i enjoyed the movie um i don't think it was one of my favorite movies ever watched but there was no point during it that i thought this is bad yeah no i get i totally understand that i'm gonna give it a thumbs up as well good film and now this spoiler alert So, the layer cake. Let's uh let's dive into the layer cake. Start off where we probably should start off just about every time we get into discussion, but often forget. Um the title. Hmm, I wonder if there's a distinct moment in the movie where they explain exactly what the layer cake is. Well, see, here's a good thing about that. <laughs> that would be, here's a good... be helpful, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be so useful for this part of the discussion. <laughs> but, I mean, there is, all right? For those listings, we assume you've seen it. There, we all know there is. But it's towards the end, and I think it's pretty well done. Why? 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 Why do you think? It's well done? <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be honest, I, I, I think cool, it's match. Well <laughs> I I think because it doesn't. It doesn't happen in the very beginning, so you don't forget it. You're sort of like waiting for, okay, why the hell is this movie called The Layer Cake? Yeah. You know, you're waiting for that to happen in the back of your mind, I think. And when it finally does, it harkens back to that, the theme that we picked of this movie is about that criminal identity. And in this one, uh, Dumbledore explains how it's essentially the same as normal life, even though they're in the criminal enterprise. He doesn't say that outright, but that's what it looks like. It's like you start off, you take shit. You're at the bottom of the ladder. You climb up, you take less shit. You climb so high that you don't even know what shit is anymore because you're at the very top, so you don't even have to deal with it. And that's essentially what like normal life is. You climb the corporate ladder or whatever till you get out of the trenches where you're the one giving orders rather than taking them. Okay, so how about we start the conversation with you letting me know where you think uh, Triple X uh, resides in the layer cake. Where is Daniel Craig in the grand scheme of things? Because it's for sure his story. It's the story about this character uh, over anything else, I'd say. So specifically in that scene, I guess, because so much happens leading up to that, where do you think he yeah. was in the layer cake at the beginning of the movie compared to the end of the movie? So, at the beginning, it's obvious that he isn't the lowest level. The lowest because, level would be, like, Duke, right? Yeah, Duke or, like, Clarky. They're doing the base stuff. They're at the bottom. They're not in charge of anything. They All they do is take orders. They're the pushers, you know, they're the ones physically doing the task, whereas he is 
somewhat up there just because he is giving orders. His hands aren't as directly dirty as everybody else's. For for example, he just told the guy to go watch the house for a while instead of Daniel Craig having to watch the house for like three days. He just made that other guy go do it with the binoculars when he was smoking the cigarette, right? Yeah, that's a very good that's a very good point to make. And it's also we have a clear distinction at that point with uh who's the guy that is it it's not Gene, it's Morty that, that works with Jimmy, right? No, Gene is like the second hand man, and then um Morty is uh George Harrison. Um not Harrison, that's the guy from the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> Morty is the guy who beats the crap out of the dude in the diner. We the, the from 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 the past and then he's, okay. yeah yeah that's, yeah. that's so Gene, Gene yeah Gene works for Jimmy right yeah okay, so Gene is clearly above um Daniel X. Daniel Craig yeah Dan- let's, Daniel let's, let's Craig. just call him Daniel Craig yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clear, clearly he's above Daniel Craig in a weird way where they essentially have the same boss but he's the right hand man of the boss. Yeah. So he isn't at that point where he's part, he's a, such a small part of the Enterprise, he's not really a commanding lead, he's m- just a supplier. Well, and there's there's even that part where um, Jimmy has that line of dialogue where he's like, I don't care about details, do not bore me with details, just tell me when things get done. That the, that layer cake kind of symbolizes the f- lower down you go, the more you gotta focus on the details and not just be told when good or bad things happen. Yeah, exactly. And Jimmy is giving him crazy orders, always, always saying, I don't care. It's a reoccurring line of his. So clearly he is higher above in the layer cake where he doesn't have to take the shit anymore. Okay. So that's where we are in the beginning of the movie. The end of the movie. He replaces Jimmy, but you have to ask yourself, who's more in control, Jimmy or Dumbledore? Um, I'd I'd, I'd I'd want to say Dumbledore. God, anyone listening to this, we're just gonna do this with the names the whole time. Kind of funny, um, I I, I want to say Dumbledore is more at the top, but I also kind of got the feeling that it was a little implied that Dumbledore might be meeting his end pretty soon if the crazy Serbian guy gets his hands back on those drugs and whatnot. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I definitely don't feel like they're equals by the end of the movie. Do you? No, because I don't think that Jimmy ever felt like an equal to Eddie Temple. Like Eddie Temple, mm. Dumbledore had always been a like better at doing the whole drug thing, the whole organized crime. Mm. They still were both technically bosses, so to speak. But Jimmy Price was never as good a boss as Eddie Temple. Yeah, you know, I found that pretty interesting, actually. Like that scene where, um, where. Dumbledore is telling Daniel Craig that Jimmy is a snitch and he's like yeah people like Jimmy he's all right they all think he's funny and there's like the part of him holding up like the golf trophy or whatever and you almost get the feeling that Jimmy isn't even taken taken too seriously and then right at the end of that scene you know that we don't really like like Jimmy anymore because he was just a rat the whole time but um that's kind of like I think that's one of the things I found really interesting about this movie was the dynamic between all of the criminals because it doesn't feel like a clean cookie cutter version of like what you think a criminal drama would be there's definitely a ton of different players within the thing so do you think 
I don't know. Do you, do, for, for you, is that kind of why the layer cake is unique is because of the way it handles all these different levels of crime and what's going on and how they all interact with each other? Yeah. I love how distinct absolutely everybody is. Like when, if you go back and watch the Godfather, right? Yeah. When they're, when they're at the table, you know, talking about splitting up, uh, the city and like pushing drugs and all that. <laughs> It it doesn't really feel like there's any distinction between the people. They all feel like the same type of person, right? Yeah. Com- compared to Don Corleone, like they, the only reason you know he's got more authority is because they say that he is the one bribing all the judges. Yeah. So he's got those bigger connects, but other than that, you wouldn't know there's a distinction. Whereas you compare Eddie Temple and Jimmy Price. You know right away, just from how they dress and how they speak, they're totally different people. They have totally different levels of authority in how they use it. Huh. Interesting. And the, the same goes for all their henchmen, too. The way their whole aura systems are organized, they all seem very distinct. Yeah, they do. And it's almost interesting because those lower layers of the cake don't have nearly as much time spent on them. Which is another yeah. point I found interesting about the movie was um, because Jimmy gives Daniel Craig those two jobs like right in a row like that. And every other scene is dealing with one of those things. The movie feels jam packed and very stressful yeah. and like we are one of the criminals. So that, that's that's why I think one of the main um, positives I have for the movie is just that, like, I really did feel like I was in the thick of it with Daniel Craig with all of these different characters, even though not all of them are necessarily in the limelight. It still kind of encompasses what their world is in the movie. Yeah, they they all feel like totally different people um, that have very different backgrounds that are all sort of tied together and become important. Like, if you really <laughs> think about it, we've got the two plot lines of selling the pills, which is I think takes precedent, is the most important one. Then we've got finding um, Eddie Temple's daughter. Well, f- finding Eddie Temple's daughter is essentially just part of the whole drug thing when when you when you really come down to it, right? Yeah, yeah. and then we sort of have a love plot. Not not really. Not really though. That's the, I I, I want to get in, 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 into that too. But it's important. Yeah. So like. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's let's so let's start with the first part, the the drug thing overall. So, um let's talk about that first scene in in the intro with the cool um editing shot where all of the like drugs like it says cocaine and ecstasy, they all turn into like the regular household items. Yeah. Like, when we saw that first scene, I kind of thought the drugs were honestly going to be more involved in the movie's theme and how it moves forward. But uh, in, in hindsight of the movie, the drugs were kind of just the motivator for the plot to push forward, and we're mo- more focused on the characters than the drugs itself. How how did you interpret that opening scene with like all the like I, I said like FC UK reality and like it had like the drug name and everything? Like, do you think that the, it set it, it set a tone for the whole movie? Like, I I thought it was interesting. I don't really know where to place it. What do you think? I think what it does. And the primary reason it's there is to establish um, Daniel Craig's character. Okay. Just for, just from a moral standpoint and an experience standpoint. Because you get that comparison when they have the scenes of the guys in jail for, like, 
doing bank robberies and stuff. And how he says they're like, they're doing like 12 years for 10 grand and the drug dealer is doing 12 months for like 2 million. Yeah. So there's that his side is the drug side. It's not that classic criminal side. So right away, you know, in this movie, when his experiment, like when his, his experience, when it comes to being an actual criminal criminal, it's going to be limited. He's not like the jack of all trades crime he hates guns yeah crime bad guy like like you see in tons of movies and shows where it's like oh they're the criminal type yeah they know how to hotwire a car like that okay that- yeah. he, also, <laughs> like that. he also can't um he, he, there's not really any scenes where he like goes james bond and like beats the crap out of everybody or anything like that too you know he he really does feel like a pretty grounded realistic person rather than like i don't know like super double agent kingsman guy you know yeah, and so we instantly also shrug off having to be concerned with the aftermath of people doing drugs. Because for him, it doesn't matter. In a few years, it's all going to be legal. So morally, there is no negative to him being a seller right now. It doesn't really matter. So that's why, guys, I feel like it's telling the audience, we're not asking ourselves these moral questions. We're not concerned with it. We're just selling drugs. Hmm. You know, that's actually that's actually really interesting, dude, because I I started this whole discussion right here about if you thought it set the tone and it set the tone, but not in the way that like a typical one would. Right. Because you you'd think that like it it would be a movie like train spotting is not really about like a a thriller, but like you think it'd be a movie talking about what drugs do to people. And instead, right away, Daniel Craig says, nope, don't really care about that part of the process. This is my part of the layer cake. This is this is my part. Yeah. And he stays on that level. So Dan, yeah, that, that's really interesting, dude. I didn't even think about that at all. So and then and then of course he has one of the coolest lines ever. I'm not a gangster, just a businessman whose commodity is cocaine. Like, come on, come on. So <laughs> that's cold. pretty hard. So <laughs> cold. So cold. <laughs> and that really sets a comparison to the other criminals that we encounter, just because he knows his place, or at least he thinks he does. And immediately you get that scene after to them actually stealing the ecstasy. Yeah, okay. Or it's a totally different type of guy that that's the part, like if the movie was following the Duke, then you sort of would be more concerned about the effects of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's, it seems like he is that jack of all trades criminal where he's stealing it, trying to sell it. And this is just sort of the biggest job he's ever done. But we don't care about that character. (laughs) Yeah, and well, Daniel Craig is always, like, almost, like, knows what to do next. You know, he's very, like, thinks out everything he does, and that's why the movie moves at a pretty consistent pace the whole time. As to where, if it was with a character like the Duke, I feel like the movie would intentionally more be all over the place because they're trying to encapsulate, like, what that kind of lifestyle would have. So it's it's a really interesting movie, I think, because the criminal aspect isn't what you think it would be. And then it, it's almost not even focusing on, like, how ruthless the criminals in the movie are. It They feel really like like this is just like everyday life. You, you know what I mean? Like it it almost feels like there isn't a, a spectacle around it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no, that's a very good way to put it, because. It doesn't feel like this crazy, 
you know, journey to the criminal underworld. It just feels like these are just a bunch of normal people, and this is just kind of what they do for a living. Like, they're just, yeah. <laughs> they're just going to work. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah. Especially when you get people like uh, Gene and, uh, yeah, it's Gene and Morty. Yeah. Where they seem like their position in it is mainly about knowing people, right? Yeah. They just are knowing stuff, and they don't actually, they're not actually, like, Gene especially isn't getting his hands dirty. You know, that's not the thing he does anymore. Yeah. Like, those those guys feel the most like they're just straight up sort of businessmen. They're all just kind of salesmen. <laughs> yeah, just a, a, along, along for the ride. So, well, I, bringing up Morty can kind of transition us into another question I had for you about this movie. And it's just um, kind of the plot structure of not only this movie, but uh, the previous movies, foreign films that we've watched on this show. Like, for example, Two Hands was told in a pretty interesting way. And this movie has, like, a lot of flashbacks, but they almost come as, like, kind of jarring. You know, like, with that scene in Morty with the guy from the past that he beats the crap out of, there's no really indication who that guy is until the story gets told in the scene after. And I just think that's an, an interesting way to, like, write something, you know, to give somebody something with no context and then explaining it. And then you kind of have to, like, have this moment of confusion while you're watching it, which, I don't know, I, f I feel like that can also kind of turn people off. How, how do you feel about the story structure in these types of films? I see it as, because um, I think I said it when we watched um, Two Hands was how I described it as circular because it's like things come full circle. Yeah. Where you have this bit of information and it seems totally irrelevant. It just seems like exposition. And then, no, it's actually still relevant now. I think that type of trait is very occurrent. Like it occurs a lot in British crime, especially, where you've got this detail that isn't that important. And honestly, I feel like it's, it might just be a huge part of British comedy. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen, have you ever seen, have I brought this movie up before on the show? It's like Mr. Bean's European vacation. You have brought it up before. I don't remember in what context, but we have talked about Mr. Bean before. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cause this is the thing. Cause my friend was like, let's watch Mr. Bean's European vacation. I'm like, I don't want to watch this movie. He's like, no, 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 it's hilarious. And it was hilarious. And in the beginning of the movie and throughout, there's just be random scenes of like a tank, like because it's set in the modern day it's like a tank just rolling through the street and uh, like the whole time I was like why is this stupid tank in? and then like the second to last scene of the movie this tank busts in and it's because it's like a world war ii movie set and it's probably one of the funniest things like i'd ever watched sorry if i ruined it for anybody <laughs> i think you brought it up in our two hands review actually yeah, because it's a great example of how it it's it comes full circle because it seems totally irrelevant why you're showing you these like three clips of a tank rolling down a street. But then it becomes incredibly important to the plot because it like gets them out of a tough situation. So that's the love story in this movie, right? Yeah, that's part yeah, that's definitely the love story. And it's also I think it has to do with um Jimmy and it has to do with Gene and Morty because they're all involved before. And so we see how those involvements sort of are still there. They're still relevant. You know, that's probably the heaviest moral question we live with 
on the criminal side of this thing is when Morty beats the crap out of that guy and he could die. And Gene tells Daniel Craig, like, listen, you're either going to be doing time with him as an accomplice or you're going to be testifying against him if he dies and putting him away. Like, that's probably the heaviest thing we have to live with or moral question we have to live with. And it's purely criminal. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. There, and I feel, I feel like at no point in this movie is there pers- the perspective of someone who's not a criminal um, involved, right? This whole movie yeah. is just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the beginning, we've got Daniel Craig with this identity crisis, sort of like, no, I'm not a criminal. Yeah, and he, he's like, unnamed too. And clearly, he has to be. You know, he gets more involved with everything that he does while he's trying to get out. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you about this because you brought up how um, he's like how smart he is, how he seems to react to everything with a plan. His plans don't always work. Um, they don't work for for I think probably some of the funny reasons where it's like the person that he's working with is just sort of incompetent, like that assassin he hires. Yeah, like he's just kind of yeah. like, yeah, now I'll just come up here and shoot him when he gets here in the middle of broad daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah I gotta, I gotta study for my French test. Yeah, like uh, he's just an idiot, really. Yeah, like he thinks he knows the stakes, and he doesn't. I want to ask you if you ever felt like Daniel Craig's character was actually in danger. Because we see it, we see him in a lot of like sort of dangerous situations. But did you ever get the feel that he was in danger, like he was going to fail? Not really, honestly. Not not really. But it wasn't like it wasn't like overtly apparent while I was watching it. Like I while I was watching it, I wasn't thinking that the stakes aren't that serious. But at the same time, like I just feel like Daniel Craig has so much confidence in the way that he acts and the characters that he plays that like. Because the movie moves so fast where it's like, right now we're dealing with the drug thing, then we're going to talk to these guys about the daughter, then we're dealing with the drug thing, then we're going back to these guys to talk to the daughter. It felt very kind of put together for me what they were doing in every scene and how he was going to accomplish these two really hard tasks in a small amount of time as to where the character also could have like freaked out when he got those two things and not been able to juggle them at all. So I thought... Because Daniel Craig felt like such a cool guy who was going to, like, always know what to do in the situation, I don't really think I felt that danger for him. Even a good scene that um, I think exemplifies that is after they have to, after Gene beats the crap out of him and he has to prove that Jimmy really was a snitch, and they're sitting at the bar, and Gene and Morty are like, alright, so what are we going to do now? And he's like, well, I'm going to bed because I just got my shit rocked. For no <laughs> and uh, you guys, I'll, I'll talk to y'all in the morning. Right. Like how often in a thriller movie do they take a moment for the character to get a good night's sleep? Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to take a nap. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> my face kind of hurts, bro. <laughs> like that is pretty funny, too. It takes you away from that. Like the the tension of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's because we do see him like when he's on the edge of the building, when he goes to assassinate um, Jimmy, which was a great Jimmy. scene, by the way. That was a great scene, right? Like I like those are supposed to be like sort of high stakes things. Even when he goes to kill Dragon, the Serbian assassin guy. I want I want to talk about him too after you make this point. 
Uh, it's like we never really feel like he's in danger, even though his plans don't really work, really. And these situations are very unfamiliar to him because he's got this false, I'm not a criminal mentality. Yeah, yeah, it for sure revolves around that and kind of like, kind of like a, a Lethal Weapon 4, like, uh, I'm, supposed to, I'm, supposed, <laughs> I'm supposed to retire in a week thing, you know, where he's kind of like, he's just doing it to do it. So how I think that kind of relates to the Dragon thing, the Dragon, his name is Dragon, Dragon. Um, Dragon. um Dragon wasn't even really a villain in the movie. He was just the guy on the phone who was trying to add on that extra bit of pressure. And to this whole point we've been making for the past few minutes, I think Dragon does add that sense of danger to Daniel Craig to kind of get him on his feet to start working a little bit harder. But because we really don't see Dragon kill anybody except the uh, other dude. Well, we see him kill people, but not literally. We see like the iron on the guy's chest and like we know that he's like up to some stuff, right? Yeah. Um, how'd you how'd you kind of feel about that as like a plot device? Just having this like kind of mystical voiced figure say things through the phone to get Daniel Craig to do it. And then when, when we finally see him pick up like uh, Duke's head in the cooler and talk to the Serbian guy at the end, it's kind of just like this mystical figure who's like we, we don't even need to have like a fight scene with him to like get rid of him. He's just kind of the way he is. Yeah, I didn't even really think about it. He does seem like a mystical figure. We never actually see him. You know, yeah. we, he's he's just sort of that voice. And I think it it creates a contrast to like this idea of the layer cake. Because Ooh, yeah, the, layer, okay. the, the layer cake thing is sort of like there are rules and like it's a very linear path. But because it's crime crime is the total opposite of that crime you bypass the rules you bypass the linear aspect of it to get ahead that's the whole point of it so his character isn't at the top of the ladder but he doesn't really have to deal with any of the shit below it it's almost like he's on like his his own ladder his own assassin yeah his own assassin layer cake the assassin the assassin ladder yeah it's way different than where daniel craig finds himself but he adopts to that criminal mentality when he robs Dumbledore at the end. <laughs> yeah, true. Which, I mean, was just another another great scene, dude. Like, this mo- I don't know. This movie has a ton of great scenes, a ton of great acting, and really good themes behind it. But at the same time, it didn't, like, really jazz me up a ton, you know? Like, I wasn't... Oh, overly excited to review this movie after we watched it and sometimes when we, when we watch a movie i really want to talk about it the next day so like we're, we're we're talking really nicely about this movie but also at the same time i think because of the way daniel craig's character acts um because yeah. it's like the british crime thing which isn't a type of movie i'm super used to it it didn't like it didn't. No, it wasn't not enjoyable, but at the same time, it didn't like get me really fired up. Do you have any comments about that? Do you feel the same way at all, or do you just really like this movie? It's kind. It's it's. I think it has to do with like his type of character, Daniel Craig. So I'm not going to disagree with that point because to me, I never. You never really feel like you're worried about Daniel Craig's character. But his character also never feels like this crazy guy, you know? By the end of the movie, especially after he gets shot, he feels just like another one of the people. He doesn't feel like how we felt about Christopher Walken in King of New York. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't doesn't feel like that badass nobody could do what he's doing type of guy. He just feels like one of the other people because we sort of saw him climb that ladder. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Because it's like in the end, we don't necessarily see him die. It's, I would assume that he dies. It looks like he dies. And I think it's probably one of the best on camera deaths, even though we don't technically see him die. Facts. I'm sorry. I was just like, I was just, um, I was comparing the lair cake to like King of New York and like the lair cake of King of New York. I think that's actually pretty interesting. You can do that with like a lot of crime things, that whole lair cake situation. But, uh, I don't know, dude. It's hard because like, I don't know, dude. I I hate talking bad about movies, and I do it more often than I'd like to. And I, it's not even that the movie. It's easy. It is easy. But like, it's not even that the movie was lackluster. I just like, I don't know. It the the moment that he got shot at the end wasn't as impactful to me as the moment in Two Hands when the little girl is walking um up up the the back way. To, to shoot those yeah. guys you know what i mean so like even though it was a crazy ending with like the the crazy death scene and it's it's just the boyfriend the whole time and he even says sorry to him as he like runs away like i don't know dude this movie is hard to place for me honestly on how much i liked it and what i liked about it to be honest with you dude i like i i, I don't know because i i really think it's just that character doesn't feel distinct enough <clears throat> not in terms of his character like he's definitely distinct from the other characters but he doesn't feel like that much is pushing him as a protagonist type you're talking about daniel craig or the other dude daniel craig okay okay yeah you know like there's nothing that is making him like above the other like crime you know cr- characters in crime movies you know what i mean like yeah. there's nothing he seems like a middle manager type guy who's better than the people on the bottom but not as good as the people at the top and that becomes evident and that's why i think there isn't too much pull to say like yeah he's one of the coolest characters ever because i mean is he yeah, well, dude, to even quote the movie, a good businessman is a good middleman, right? Isn't isn't that the quote? Yeah, mm. yeah, and so it's I think that whole identity is just sort of part of it. He's mm. not distinct among the genre, but he's all the characters are distinct in the movie. Ah, you know, overall, that's actually a pretty interesting take on the movie because it's not about the guy coming in on the bottom, making his way to the top. And it's not a movie about the drug kingpin who's ruling over everything like Christopher Walken and King of New York. This is really a movie yeah. about the middleman, about the guy that you pick up the drugs from, but don't think about um, any, any time afterward. Right. The, the, it's, yeah. it's the movie about the most mundane guy in the whole layer cake. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. So yep. maybe, maybe, maybe that's why I'm not as jazzed up about it. But like at the same time, though, like Daniel Craig didn't even pl- necessarily play an uninteresting character. It was just like, yeah. I don't know. The movie is a little monotone almost. You know what I mean? But like it, it, it plays to itself, though. Like it's not even mm-hmm. that it's doing it poorly. That's just what it is. Kind of like a man who wasn't yeah. there. You know, it's intentionally trying to be kind of. Boring, yeah, you know? exactly. It's like in John Wick, right? OK, so, you know, first third of the movie or whatever, probably not first quarter, 
of the movie kind of uninteresting. We don't see him do anything crazy. And then we got the Russian guy saying, yeah, he's the guy you sent in to kill the boogeyman. So then it's like, okay, every scene after that is going to be crazy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, you have that tantalizing like action, the drama that's going to unfold after that because it's been unleashed. Like, you know to expect it. And you do expect it. So after the first scene, when, you know, he kills everybody in his house, then you're like, oh, okay, like, let's keep watching. Because yeah. he, he is the protagonist, you know? Yeah. In this movie, it's really, you could have followed almost any of the characters around, and they all would have been involved in a similar way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, his character is just central as the middleman, because it's also connected to Eddie Temple. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm now, now I'm just, I'm, I'm really like visualizing a layer cake and like all these, all these different players in the movie. It really is a perfect title for the movie, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And they, they, they do a classy at the end. Like, here's what it is. What'd it be? Yeah, man. So, you know, I, I didn't, I liked this movie. I don't know why I said I didn't. I liked this movie. It's a good movie. Daniel Craig has a great performance. A lot of great characters. A lot of interesting takes on a crime story that you probably haven't heard of before. But there are definitely like factors that feel intentional to it that um, would make me think that some people would just not find this movie extremely interesting. Um, I, I'm kind of on the fence a little bit where like, I liked it. There was no point that I watched it where I didn't like it, but it's not going to be a movie that like, if it's on TV, I have to stop what I'm doing and putting it on. Or like if we're scrolling through Netflix, I have to stop it and put on the layer cake. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think it's a good movie to watch because it's directed by the guy that essentially for the most part defines British crime movies going on. Yeah. And it's the first take and it's it's not a bad movie at all. But compar- at all. Really but but comparatively to the other movies he made or produced, it's sort of the least interesting because we're following a middleman. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, you re- you really just got to got to really like those characters and the environment that they build over- around themselves, you know? Yeah, like if you stand back and look at it for how fa- how for how fast paced it is, it's like how many crazy cool things happened. Not a lot. It was a lot, it was some funny stuff happened. Well, it was I mean, dude, even like the fight with like Morty in in the diner, that feels added in just to have it happen. You know what I mean? Like like that really yeah. that really didn't add too much to the movie overall, right? Yeah, it it's defining of like that past criminal life that you can't really get away from, and I'll agree because it, it the way it's shot too is incredibly distinct, and it feels like a dramatic action. It feels like something they put in the movie at a certain point to keep you interested, to keep you enthralled, to keep you wanting to watch more. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I I agree. I agree. I I really do. I really do. Yeah, I think. Was there any other points you wanted to bring up that weren't you know theme specific? Not really, man. I think this is this is a good movie, and I would recommend it to people. And it's a pretty neutral watch for like a lot of people to get into. You know, it's really not too violent, not 
to um, like vulgar, like you know your your aunt, your aunts and uncles are in town for Thanksgiving after they're vaccinated, <laughs> and you put on this, you put you put on, on on the layer cake for like the movie that the family's gonna watch. You know, like it's definitely a movie in that range, and I would recommend for people to watch it. I would. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I have to ask you, Luke, was the theme achieved? I do think the theme was achieved. But I think it was intentional to not have it be like shoved down your throat with like, because like if you watch that, the first scene with the intro, which is a great intro, the part where Dan Daniel Craig is walking past all the drugs and stuff, it kind of gave me like they live vibes or so like, like there was going to be a lot of like underlying, like the government is up to something or like a huge corporation is trying to like take over the world or something. It's going to be like that kind of drug story. You know what I mean? So like. For me, I felt like it was going to go that way, but it didn't go that way. And I think it really played to the movie's benefit. So I do think a theme was achieved. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think it was um, just with how the characters interact, how you can compare the characters experiences with his. Um, I definitely think it was achieved. And I do want to mention now that you bring up the pill bottle scene again, it's like those very few scenes they had that were so distinct where you saw us like you didn't see anything else like that in the movie. Same with that fight scene with Morty at the uh, restaurant. Yeah, like, you don't you don't see scenes like that. And there's a reason for it. All right. So wrapping up the layer cake. I have to say I probably already said it, it's the essence of British crime. <laughs> um it has very circular nature uh, with all the characters' relationships. Uh, a lot of the human fault that accompanies everyone, it, it makes it very believable and it makes it a good watch because, you know, you're not expecting the jokes when they happen. It happen, you know, they happen right after a fist fight or Daniel Craig gets his head smashed into a, into a freezer. Yeah. Um, as far as its success, I mean, it almost doubled its budget with uh totaling 11.9 million dollars worldwide had a budget of like 6.5 um which is a very impressive feat don't get me wrong but when you compare it to uh snatch or lock stock and two smoking barrels um that had the same producer that was the director of this movie they both those movies all, more than octupled their budget worldwide for box office returns. So it's clearly a different caliber. I guess that was a pun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> than the layer cake. And I think it's, this movie takes itself a bit more seriously, even though the characters are funny and sometimes moronic. Uh, it seems more grounded in actual people and the chain of events are a lot more believable for the most part. It's fast-paced, and the discovery for the audience comes at the same rate as it does for the unnamed protagonist. It's all around good acting. Every person feels unique and different. There's a very distinct difference even between the henchmen who, if at all, have a speaking part. Um, so it's all around a good movie. And while I wouldn't say it's incredibly complex, definitely I think an American audience may have trouble keeping up with the pace just because of the terminology they use. Um, this, combined with the fact that it's Vaughn's first film, or probably why it didn't break huge box office records, um, but I think it's still deserving of praise in the crime thriller genre. I concur. 
<laughs> good movie. Thank you. Thank good, you. Good movie. <laughs> so uh, we want to thank you all for joining us tonight. Message us at Midnight Showing Podcast or on Instagram or email Midnight Showing with Luke and Nash at gmail.com. Stay in the loop for upcoming episodes and offer suggestions for the movies we watch and future content we can bring to you. Be sure to check us out at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Boy, oh boy, next week's episode features Escape from New York. Let's go! <laughs> and remember, your donations keep the blue lights on. Don't piss in my pockets and tell me it's raining, boyo. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say you're, you, you give a headache to a bottle of aspirin.